welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that finds middle ground within the wellness world. I mean, life, all the things. My name is Jenny Omani. And I'm Annika Buckle. Uh, as per uh, every week, once again, we would like to cordially remind you that leaving us a review, five stars or whatever the maximum number on your platform of choice, uh, is the nicest thing that you could do for somebody else today. So thank you in advance. Oh, that's nice. Um, I have a, oh, I have a light trigger warning. If you actually follow and understand soccer, I apologize in advance because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, don't and didn't really make an effort to, because it's actually really complicated and we'll talk about why later. So that's my like very like not appropriate because it's not a real trigger warning. Just if you're like my husband, you will be horrified. And we're just going to look past the um, the little the, the points on soccer because that's not the point. <laughs> okay, well, I'm fill me in. Like, where are we going with this? <laughs> okay, so first off, have you watched the David Beckham documentary on Netflix? I have not. Okay, good. I was hoping you hadn't. I didn't. I I was like reasonably confident you had not. Um. So that makes me happy. That makes me happy. Is uh, that what we're talking about today? We are. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Part of. Like really one part of it that I just, <laughs> it really stuck with me. Um, so, I'm glad I'm coming in fresh then. I've been on oh a, I, all of my uh, solo viewing on mm -hmm. streaming platforms of late has been about um, evangelical Christianity. Oh so God. good news. I'm coming in very fresh to this. Do you know what's so funny is you know how... Um, people tend to rewatch watch shows especially mm -hmm. for like background things and you see a mm -hmm. lot of people saying like oh i'm rewatching like gilmore girls comes up yeah, a lot totally i like to watch i don't like to be stressed by television so i <laughs> basically only watch things that are either historically based so i know what happens or that i can wikipedia um while i'm watching so that i can find out what happens <laughs> Um, some sort of factual basis so i need to know fact how check it's gonna end yeah but not not necessarily to fact i mean i do i'm i annoyingly fact check as i go with most things but <laughs> um yeah dave will be like are you even watching this i'm like i sure am and i'm watching not it in only, two different ways right now not only am i watching it but i could tell you a bunch of stuff about it that you don't know from just watching it a hundred percent being totally. friends with us is like micro dosing wikipedia oh you're We're welcome so annoying are we <laughs> Um, okay, so what do you know about David Beckham? Um, he's very handsome. This is true. <laughs> Fact. He really is. Um, do you remember what team he famously played for? That one in oh my god, my British friends are gonna murder me. That one Fine. in we already did a little the UK. <laughs> the one in the UK. Um, oh, I also did not know I know nothing before <laughs> I watched this. So I watched the Beckham series. It's on Netflix. It's like four or five parts. I can't really remember. Very well done. High quality production. Um, it kind of goes through his sort of briefly skips through his childhood and then focuses mainly on his um, 20 year career as a professional athlete. Uh, nothing was like super shocking in it because it's all it's like happened. <laughs> there were no like, nothing crazy. Um, well, but I mean, you never know, right? Like as <laughs> with the release true. of Britney's book, you know, there are things yeah. sometimes going on behind the scenes that you don't know about until somebody so, breaks their silence. <laughs> totally. And they do talk mm -hmm. about the behind the scenes. 
Um, I was very disappointed at how little Victoria Beckham was in it because the more I saw her, the more I was like, she seems like a really cool lady. And I did not have an appreciation for that. Prior, uh-huh. I just thought of her as like Spice Girl, which absolutely is true. But she right. is um, she's very articulate. Uh, she's very practical. Uh, I actually really, really liked her in this. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, we're not really going to talk about her too much. Um, but I will say there were just some points that I thought, oh, this is really... She unabashedly sort of is just quite vocal and just says how she feels. They ask numerous times sort of like how she felt about him moving around all the time for soccer. And she was like, she totally didn't like it. It ruined their family life. It was hard on their kids. Like she was really honest. And I and actually that, like that's I believe, you know what I mean? Like that tracks. Oh, that makes sense. Like, you know, for it's... sure. So she's not sugarcoating something. Nope, she totally isn't. And um, when uh, you'll see at the end of one of the clips, her just saying things like it is. And like I said, <laughs> I hope they come back and do like a part two more on Victoria because I found her to be probably one of the more subdued Spice Girls. Like the other ones had larger, more outgoing personalities. So you sort of felt as a teenager in the night, you felt like you got to know them better. <laughs> well and it was I think in a lot of ways like you can for me when I kind of look at the marketing it's like well posh is like yeah that she's more of a secret she's the fancy one she's demure she you know what I mean like that's kind of all in that in that marketing so uh, it's a yeah it's oh and which of course is just fucking marketing (laughs) it's a a public persona she actually is right like it's yeah yeah Yeah, I mean and maybe it is I don't know I don't know enough about her but Anyways, all to say, I really hope they come back and do another part on her because I genuinely really enjoyed her little like snippet audio moments there, her little bits. Uh, Okay, so I'm not, we're not doing like a play-by-play deep dig into the docuseries. This is not movie night. No, it's not. Uh, We're not doing that. But I have to say, after I watched this series, this one part of it really stuck to me. And I kept messaging people to be like, did you watch the Beckham docuseries? And I watched nothing, by the way. Because as I mentioned before, I don't like to be stressed out by what I'm watching. So I watch a very limited repertoire (laughs) on my streaming services. Okay. Um, A lot of like BBC history streaming. Um, But I would message people and be like, oh my God, did you watch this docuseries? And the people that did... I would be like, oh my gosh, this one part, I can't believe that happened. And I think I'm thinking more of this now through, of course, my current lens, which is like a mom, um, an adult. And I think there's something really interesting about watching, I guess, a replay of something that you lived through and experienced but as a kid versus as an adult. So you're now seeing it again from a different lens and it's it's just a very different experience and actually really cool when you think about it. Well, I mean, this is why I loved listening to all of the maligned women of the 90s episodes on You're Wrong About because, you know, having watched, say, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan as mm, it unfolded, yeah. I had some ideas about what I thought and then listening to what actually happened and with the you know lens of again to your point being a grown-up and the perspective of you know what was the media saying versus what was actually going on Mm -hmm. you know it really changes the way that you view things or for me it changed the way that I viewed a lot of things yeah and I think now as adults too we look at situations and can appreciate context and stress and think you know and not dissimilar to David Beckham 
with, you know, your Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding example, these were young people under an extreme amount of pressure by mm -hmm. adults mm -hmm. and how young people behave when they're under that type of pressure, particularly within um, like a power dynamic is a very different, you can't appreciate it the same way when you're also a super young person watching it, right? Right, right. Yeah. Right. You kind of come down with like this moral sledgehammer um, and it's more complicated than that. Well, and I think, you know, there wasn't so much nuance in media in the 90s as I think sometimes mm -hmm. we are able to get at now. I think the yeah. diversity in voices is really helpful for yeah. centering people's experience rather than just the story somebody wants to tell, quote unquote, you know. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. So a little brief Coles Notes history on the beautiful David Beckham. He is very beautiful. He is uh, <laughs> nothing has... He has aged very well. <laughs> uh, so born in 1975, his mom's a hairdresser, his dad's a kitchen fitter. So very um, sort of middle-class family. Keeping in mind that as North Americans, I don't think we really appreciate class structure as it exists in England. Um, it's very, uh, how it's very different. It's very solidified. Um, there's like different accents that accompany different classes. Uh, it's a very classist society compared right. to our, how we live here where everybody kind of just like sounds the same. And, you know, you can't look and talk to somebody and necessarily pin down just from their generational wealth their right. families have. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you, you and yeah. I have kind of talked about this a little bit off um, mic too, that like, you know, in North America, we kind of have this, like, if you're rich, you're rich, like nobody really cares if it's yeah. new money or old money, mm -hmm. right? In the same way that I think other places and maybe, you know, if you're particularly wealthy, that stuff shows up. But for the average, say, middle class North American yeah. like us, um, you know, if you're rich, you're rich. Whereas uh, the peerage and all that stuff is, from what I can gather, alive and well. In the UK, <laughs> at least in some circles. I don't want to right. paint it all with a brush. Um, if we want to get a little glimpse into um, what David's dad envisioned for his son, I think we don't have to look any farther than um, his middle name. So David was given the middle name of Robert in honor of Bobby Charlton, his father's favorite soccer player. <laughs> So, like, want to talk about preordained from birth a little bit? Like, yeah. 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 I also think it's important to mention that uh, British and European soccer or football, as they call mm -hmm. it, and like, yeah, let's let's call like it what it is. Let's real, call it football. Real football. I think <laughs> right. we did something totally different in North America, really in the states, and but the rest of the world calls it football. There's like literally mm -hmm. one. Two countries that call it soccer and the rest of the world has agreed it is not soccer as football. But um, soccer, European and British soccer is very, very next level. It's mm -hmm. very intense. It's arguably more important to citizens and um, I guess intense is really the best word for it than any of the commercialized sports that we see in North America. Um, there's like tens of thousands of people going to these major league games they have each teams have like chants that they sing the whole stadium right. will sing for players they take it they take it very seriously right very seriously very personally um it's a 
very big deal. So if you ever go to a European uh, football game, um, it's it's like a very overwhelming, overstimulating, intense experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mention a lot. It's interesting. You can tell that David Beckham does not want to go into his relationship with his dad because he is very uh, tight and guarded about what he says. You can tell he really loves his father. He loves his right. parents. So uh, he's extra mindful about what he's saying on camera. He's very mindful about what he's right. saying, but it's very clear that his dad was very intense with him and mm. had him playing, like saw the talent in his son and had his son going, 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 going. Um, he starts playing with Manchester United. That's the team he was famous for playing for. Yeah, totally. I knew that. <laughs> As we both <laughs> definitely knew. Um, when he was 17... Um, I, so British soccer is very confusing and very layered. There's within the major leagues of British soccer, there's several different divisions and like leagues, I guess, that they play in. So when they say he was playing for Manchester United, I could not tell if that was like the team that we know and recognize or the equivalent of like a farm team. And then he started working up leagues to get on the main team or if that was just the main team so this is where my apology comes out i did not bother trying to fact check too far or not fact check to understand that too far Mm -hmm. because it was all written in jargon for people that know what they're reading and And to your to your point (laughs) it's maybe not really relevant for what we're no everything i know i will say everything i know about like the structure of how football works in the uk i have learned from watching ted lasso so i I learned it from watching uh welcome to wrexham which is the (laughs) (laughs) ryan reynolds and they explain the different leagues and i was like oh shit there's like a bunch of them yeah (laughs) so needless to say at age 17 he is playing soccer full-time let's just put it that way professionally he is playing it um professionally in whatever capacity whether that's the Premier League or whatever the league below or right. whatever, but he's he's there full time playing soccer, making money doing it. He's undisputedly very very talented and becomes a phenomenon um, quite quickly within um, his time early days playing with Manchester United. Uh, they do a nice little thing where they talk about like he would get paid and then he'd spend the money and then he'd get paid. Like he just he was like literally a teenager. Right. He's 17 and he's like making. Yeah. 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 So he becomes this like golden boy for Manchester United and then is on the um, World Cup English soccer team in 1998 at the World Cup. uh, This happened. There was that challenge. Beckham, now whether Beckham accidentally smacked into Simeone, I think the yellow card is going to be brandished here somewhere, and it might be to David Beckham. Wait a minute, he's taking another card out for Beckham. It's a red card for David Beckham. Oh, no. So Beckham is out of the game. So for people who don't follow soccer... That was like the lamest fall on both people's parts. I actually initially watched it. I feel like there's a lot of lame falls in soccer. Soccer, Sorry, soccer people. (laughs) 
So I many. I've seen that. My the first so when I watched that in the series, it was my first time seeing that play. And my first thought was, oh, that guy tripped David Beckham. And like David Beckham kind of like kicked like bumps him. That's really. what it looked. I have just watched it for the first time, and that's <laughs> that's what I would have assessed out of that also. I yes. take from the way you're uh, framing this that that is not what happened but that is what I saw also. No it is what happened what you see is what you see right so like David Beckham gets knocked over he kicks the guy sort of like literally like lifts his leg and like bumps the back of the guy's leg the other guy does like a giant dramatic soccer fall David Beckham yeah. gets the red card right so that means he gets kicked out of the game that much I know <laughs> <laughs> he is gone from the game now Britain goes on to lose this game and to Argentina, which is, I mean, based on your face, you and I are like, oh, they lost a game. Whatever, right? But that's not how. That is not right. how this is right. received. Right. Keeping in mind that this f- fall, we initially watched and we're like, oh, the, the, and even the announcer says, I think there's going to be a yellow card and maybe to David Beckham. So it's not even like the announcer right. at the right. time who understands the ball of game of soccer. I looked at it and was like, oh, this is bad. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was like, maybe there's a yellow card. Maybe it's David Beckham. And so we're going to watch it. Everybody's so young and skinny. Jesus. I know. So it's about two minutes. Yeah, I just thought I'll be fine. day or two, you know, people would have forgot. It was a bleary-eyed and deeply upset England that dragged itself to work this morning. A good match, they said, but desperately disappointed with one man. Beckham was out of order, basically. To get sent off in a match like that is a disgrace to anybody. I'm sorry for his career. I'm sure the whole country is the country needed this. For one fan here, it was all too much, sending their television straight out of their third-floor window after the match. Gutted, devastated, that's what a lot of people are saying this morning. And they're most of them holding David Beckham to blame. Yes. I don't think either of us really realised what was going on in the UK. And has there been any sign of him yet? As far as we understand it, David Beckham was flying back to England later this afternoon. Childish, petulant, disgraceful, stupid. Some of the politer words used today by reporters to describe David Beckham. David went home ahead of me because I was still on tour and he went from having that protection into absolute carnage. I don't think I've ever talked about it just because I can't. I find it hard to talk through what I went through because it was so extreme. We're all disappointed and we'll all talk about it for years to come. He'd let his teammates down and I'm sorry, he'd let the country down. The whole country hated me. Hated me. Even the Prime Minister gave his verdict. Uh, After David Beckham was sent off, the, the way that they held together and reformed themselves and that. It was, it was an extraordinary achievement, but you know, things had turned down differently. I think there would have been no stopping us. And Len Hodden didn't come out and try to protect David. 
at this level, he's got to learn that we, we can't afford to do them things. You're going to get punished, and we have been punished on him. And how old was David? 23? You're a kid at 23. And Glenn Hoddle was a man. And a man, well, I wouldn't even call him a man, actually. He was an older person. Don't you love like, poor Beckham after that, though? <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, your brain doesn't even finish forming until, like, what, 27, 28, I think? Like, so they go from people on site, the experts on site being like, Oh, maybe someone's going to get a card. Maybe it's David, but they didn't even know whose fault it was. The people that watch it for a living and comment on it to the entire country hates him. The freaking prime minister takes, so takes a few moments to mention it. And then his, one of his coaches just tells him he needs to like do better basically. And he's 23 years old. He's a, he's a baby. He is a kid, and mm-hmm. he's now an adult, and he still can't talk about it. Like, isn't that awful? I hope they've used their collective money to go through some, like, very thorough therapy. <laughs> right? I'm sure they have. Yeah. Um, the thing that I have not showed you yet, and I'm not going to, I tried to look for a compilation on YouTube, but couldn't find it. Um, so remember we talked about how intense the fans are? He was booed no. by his own fans every single time he came on the soccer field for guess how long? Oh, God. I mean, the fact that it's even once makes me very sad. So I don't, I couldn't Nine guess. months. Oh, my God. Nine months. The time every... it takes to grow a human inside of a body. Yep. Jesus. Every time he went on the field. Every time he went to kick like a corner or something. Everybody, his own fans booed someone on their own team. Terrible. Isn't that just like, it's just, I know we say like, we shouldn't feel bad for famous people and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no one. You're in a gilded cage, right? You're in a gilded cage. And and nobody deserves that regardless of if you really did awful things. I mean, sure. Like maybe like Kanye West. I don't know. (laughs) No one's booing him everywhere he goes forever. (laughs) Right? We're not even booing him. (laughs) Yeah, we're not even booing him. So nine months. Every time he does anything, he gets booed. One thing I found really interesting is um, he had more protection at the world. I couldn't tell if they, when they said he came back, he didn't, he, they alluded to the fact Mm. that he didn't have protection because he came back without Victoria Beckham. So I wasn't sure if that was because there's um, more protection for athletes during the World Cup, which could be, or if it was because he was staying with her during the Spice Girls tour, where she would have private protection. But it does come up several times that the place that he felt safest was with the Spice Girls in the series. (laughs) Isn't that just like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't you just want to hug him for a few reasons? But like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? When you look at just these like teeny tiny babies in the 90s and what Mm -hmm. the media and, and, you know, the larger culture put them through, it's just heartbreaking. It is. And I think it's such a good, I think as North Americans, our press is, or tabloid press is Mm. like gross, but it is absolutely a fraction of the gross that the british tabloid 
press is. The British paparazzi is like next level. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, not so arguably, maybe arguably, however you want to look at it, but at least in some way contributed to the death of Princess Diana. Mm -hmm. That's always the first thing I think about. Yep. Yep. Totally. Mm -hmm. Right. And whether you want to say, you know, there are other factors like, yeah, they're for sure. Yes. Wear a seatbelt. Probably. Sure. But they wouldn't have fine if they weren't being chased by paparazzi. You know, the rest of those things might never have come to a head the way they did. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that it's also when we look at context, we don't really have the ability to have full context as people that don't live around like in the UK because the British Mm -hmm. papers are like next level gross. Mm-hmm. Like they really, really are gross. Well, and I think kind of to that, like to expand on that idea a little bit, there's this level of context I think that exists. You can't soundbite it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't distill it down and keep that, you know, the nuance or the level of um, context really it, mm-hmm. because that doesn't that doesn't sell newspapers that doesn't mm-hmm. get people to tune into shows that doesn't fit on tiktok you know mm-hmm. a lot of what we were saying earlier you know yes there's more context now and people are more willing to look at you know how something's actually showing up for a person but mm-hmm. the larger lessons in the media still don't exist right and i also think it's worth noting that like this is 1998 princess diana's already died and this is the press in the aftermath of that God, it's like we just can't learn any fucking lessons. Can well, this we? is probably toned down. Is my I would imagine <laughs> like this is like a toned down version. God, that's depressing. Yeah. Now you can argue for the series. Did they go find like the right. most virulent clips and newspaper ha- like probably? Right. And you know they're <laughs> chanting for nine months. That's a measurable thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Like <laughs> now, what's really interesting is one of his former teammates says, you know, at the time, nobody thought about mental health. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking about mental health. Certainly and not in sport. Especially, right? especially not mm-hmm. like, and if anybody guys, was, it was not sports. in, yeah, with a bunch of young, young guys mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. Not guys that have like, you know, lived through a war or something. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. can look back and have some wisdom in them. Um, and what this guy said, which I thought was really profound is he sort of looked back on it and was like you could tell he felt really bad that at the time he didn't do more Mm. to check in on david beckham but like he didn't have the tools right right it's like we can judge the past through today's lens but Mm -hmm. that only takes us to a certain point and i think probably it would be hard looking back being a part of that not to feel some guilt about realizing when you actually stop to think about it now, what that would, what that experience would have been like for him and what that would have felt like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it, I, what I sort of walked away from this series, other than being like, Victoria Beckham, you are who I want in my corner. (laughs) (laughs) But also it's just, it was so interesting to see now we would really consider, um, God, that would be really hard for someone to experience or, you know what I mean? Like there'd be more um, conversation. Yeah. Like if I were to see someone in sports miss like a shootout goal or, you you know, something like that happen, I'd be like, I would actually think about how that person feels like, Mm -hmm. geez, that would feel so that, you know what I mean? 
Mm -hmm. uh, but in the 90s, uh, A did not know this game even happened. <laughs> On any level. I'm not even going to pretend that maybe I, I no idea. None. Um, but I certainly wouldn't have thought about how he felt either. I would mm -hmm. have been like, oh, that sucks. They lost the game. Right. Um, it was just a very interesting look into a little glance of the the mental health aspect of this. Mm -hmm. And if you watch the documentary, you can see his face and they've actually done a really good job of. I he's would be looking it. at his face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but they God. have, they have the, the screen set up so you can see that he's watching the play and you can see mm. his face. Oh, and I would actually like that. My heart already hurts. Just thinking about it. Yeah. So you watch his, he watch him watch this experience that he can't even talk about. And you can just see, you can see it sort of being processed at the same time, which tells me that, you know what? I mean, maybe he has that therapy. Maybe this is an improved version. Maybe there's no way he could have even sat down to talk about it mm -hmm. previously, but there's obviously still a lot of healing, healing to happen there. Um, I just thought it was a really good reminder. And I had a great chat with Dave about it, about how, uh, we do forget about men with mental health. Mm -hmm. We're better now. We're better. Um, I love that they brought it up in this series, knowing mm -hmm. that a bunch of guys were going to watch it. That was not right. their clear intention of producing this. Right. But the but, fact that it's even a subtext, I think, again, speaks to this wouldn't have been a subtext 15 years ago, even, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it was definitely a theme that came up because even though he's this very, he's got to be one of the largest grossing professional athletes ever. He has to be. We can fact check that. I guarantee he's got to be at least top 20 internationally. Right. But he um, obviously went through a lot of things. And there was some degree of um, appreciation for the emotional toll and the sort of psychological toll that that took. And I thought that was amazing. It was not the highlight of it, for sure. It was not the main part of this documentary. But it was part of the documentary and I feel like that's kind of where it starts, right? Just having it as part. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's like the stages of kind of evolving out of something into something. You know, mm -hmm. I think we're seeing those stages with a lot of things right now. Mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, I absolutely hate the phrase culture wars. But I think a lot of that... Yeah you know, cultural stuff is coming up because of the way that the larger culture is open to shifting, you know, the kind of classic beliefs around some of these more oppressive thinking. You know, I also find this really fascinating because you have kind of this blowback from men about feminism because they have this like miss identification that feminism is about hating men when yeah. what you look at actually is feminism's desire to dismantle the patriarchy which is just as harmful to men as it is to women mm -hmm. just in totally different ways mm -hmm. yeah. and the kind of like lack of desire to to look at that or to acknowledge that you know i hate to use a phrase like real feminism or true feminism but like feminism rather than the idea of feminism actually is about liberation for men in the same way that it is for women you know mm -hmm. and i think that this is a good way i think that it's it's I, it's okay so <laughs> i'm gonna say it it's a good example for men 
because it's something that they can almost relate to, even though they can't, they can't relate to a professional athlete and blah, 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 but they can relate to when they see this big sort of famous professional athlete saying, I can't even talk about it even Mm -hmm. now. Like, I think that that, I hope that that lands Mm -hmm. in a place that can kind of be cultivated. Like I think Mm -hmm. just that very subtle, I think if there was too much talk about mental health in a program like that, you would lose your target audience. I mean, you have two target audiences. There's people coming to watch David Beckham and people coming to learn about David Beckham and they're probably very different (laughs) groups. But if your target audience is more towards people that are looking, watching it as like a sports fan, Mm -hmm. if you have too much talk, that's not what they came for and they're not going to stick around. Mm -hmm. But having a little bit there, I just think is such a great seed plant for Mm -hmm you know, conversations that can come up at a later time. So I, I don't know, I thought it was a fantastically done documentary and I really grasped onto this one particular part of it. I just found it very, very interesting. Well, and I think to kind of to exactly what you're saying, as we're seeing kind of a cultural shift into a different way of thinking about things, whether it's, you know, mental health or, you know, trans rights or whatever that looks like, it's like you... You almost have to like microdose the idea <laughs> to kind of capture the people further away from, you know what I mean? Like you had to explain it to me once and I was in, you mm-hmm. know, but we who might have different thinking about that, it's almost like allowing them to think about it in a way that will open up their thinking around it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. You have to kind of it's a way of meeting people where they are mm-hmm. yeah so, let's just hope that uh david beckham does more documentaries because he really should um <laughs> it's good for across society thanks so much for listening to in the middle we really appreciate your support and if you could do us a good favor and subscribe and share this podcast it would mean the world to us